Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I am joined by Jeff Martin, a 1992 Muhammad Seymour High School graduate. And uh, before Blake Walters started doing everything that he's doing as a pitcher for the Bulldogs, uh, Jeff was a player back in the day, uh, all area uh, first team, not only as a senior, but uh, also the player of the year. So, um, and Jeff is now at uh, Michigan State University as a senior director and of uh, senior director of development and agriculture and natural resources. I hope I got that title right. I know it's a long title, but welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Fred. Appreciate you having me. All right. Well, let's just, uh, if we could, kind of start back in uh, in 1992, um, playing for Mike Scholes and the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm sure a lot of expectations going into that season. Um, did you feel like going into the season that, uh, you know, I know as the season progressed, in fact, early in the season, I think your very first game, if I remember correctly, there were 18 scouts at that first game you played at Champaign Central. What was that something that, that caught you by surprise or were you kind of thinking that uh, something like that might happen? Well, it was definitely an interesting day. Um, you know, we fortunately had a successful basketball season and we went pretty deep in the tournament. And uh, I, I wasn't, you know, back then we weren't specialized. And so when you're in basketball season, you focused on basketball. And so to that point, we only, I think we maybe had a week between basketball and our first game against Central. And I wasn't even supposed to pitch that game just um, because I wasn't quite, uh, you know, as far as the practice and things like that, getting my arm up to uh, where it sh you know, should have been for, for training and anyhow. So, but when there are 18 scouts there to see you pitch from all over who knows where, I was told I was pitching that day. So it actually was probably the worst game I had in my entire career um, up to that point, as far as just, uh, just not, you know, having the velocity and everything else being on my game. And, uh, so it was that kind of funny experience of, uh, trying to adapt as you go. But, uh, but despite all that, I was, uh, eventually drafted and it was an interesting process on the way too, because you have, you know, have a lot of contact with the scouts and they get to know, want to know you personally and your kind of your desires and expectations of things. And I was pretty upfront with them saying that Illinois is my dream school. And, and for me at that time to, you know, to decide to, forego that it was going to be, take a lot to really overcome that as an option and and so basically I told him at that point I wasn't as uh you know probably interested in signing you know I wanted to go to college first and then uh, go from there and so uh, despite that you know being a late round pick and a kind of a draft and follow if you will just because I had a you know I think I was 63170 my senior year so long lanky um ultimately it was hitting low 90s by the time I at the end of the season when my arm was uh, strong and ready to go at that point but uh but still, it was probably the best decision for me at that time to go to go to college. Well, when you say that was probably the, the worst game of your career, I mean, that was so you started that season with a loss and you wind up that season with an eight and one record. So, I mean, it, you know, it was the only game that, that you wound up losing all year. And and like you say, it was one you weren't really prepared for uh, in terms of, of being ready to pitch that day. But tell me, what, what was it like? Was it kind of intimidating dealing with, uh, you know, with a number of scouts like that and and trying to pitch when you know that, you know, it's not just family and friends there watching you? No, you don't try to focus on it too much. Honestly, you just want to focus on the task at hand and doing the very best you can and let them make those judgment and decisions based upon that, um, you know, that process. And, and once again, you know, having kind of the mindset that, you know, college was my path that I wanted to go first, it, it didn't mean as much as maybe some others who maybe I had the best, you know, same options perhaps that I was looking at um, for my path. And so therefore the pressure might've been looked a little different from others um, if they don't have that backup plan. Now, did the scouts continue to follow you uh, throughout the season or did it kind of slack off as they kind of got the word that uh, you were probably planning on going to college first? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely uh, at that point, yeah, it was, I mean, there were still scouts coming and things like that, but not to the level of that first game for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I remember even my freshman year having uh, Ellsworth Brown, who was the scout for the twins uh, came during my freshman year. And he was actually the scout that signed Kirby Puckett. And it was, uh, and I think Gary Gaetti as well. He had a world series ring just because of the impact he had had. And uh, so anyhow, just being exposed to scouts early on, it wasn't, as big of a deal, you know, going into the senior year is perhaps, you know, people coming from out of the blue at that point as well. Yeah, I, I remember old Brownie, boy, he was, uh, he was a character, wasn't he? <laughs> well, yeah, he was a true legend, just a nice guy, and obviously had been around the block many times. How, how were the scouts to deal with it in terms of, of what you found? I mean, were they pretty receptive to what you wanted, or did they kind of have their own agendas, and did they kind of seem, you know, pushy at the time, or what, what was your reaction to the whole thing? Yeah, no, I think most of the interaction I had were always very positive and, and um, it was just them trying to get a feel for me as a person and my, my aspirations and, and, and kind of thought process of things so that they could then make those judgments of how much they wanted to, you know, continue to pursue or not pursue um, at that time. Um, and so uh, ultimately when Seattle drafted me, and I actually don't remember the scout's name, uh, but he was very, very nice uh, about the process. And, you know, basically they have a, a certain structure that they have to, I think within a certain amount of time, maybe a week at the most, they had to basically offer you a contract and then you can negotiate from there. But more or less it was, uh, yeah, they basically told them that, you know, my scholarship, you know, based off my draft thing was going to be worth way more than they could offer me financially. And I don't even know if I actually remember the number, if, if they even gave it to me at that point, it was just, kind of a thank you, but I'm honored, but, uh, you know, college is going to be where I'm going. And, and it was pretty, pretty simple process. And you, you had kind of made that clear throughout the process. So, I mean, were you surprised that you wound up getting drafted by, by Seattle or not? I was definitely surprised, uh, just because, you know, being from, uh, you know, Muhammad was, you know, was very small back then. And, and, you know, I think I was the, probably the first one out of high school, um, from Muhammad to be drafted professionally and not having anybody to really, kind of share that process uh, even though coach Scholes had a lot of experience on things it was nevertheless uh it was an interesting uh, just to go through it all and and have that kind of unique experience I think they called the house my mom answered I was out doing something and they had let them know that I was going to be getting a telegram uh you know uh, you know the western union telegram with the the letter from the the general manager saying they had drafted me in the in the uh, in the draft etc cetera, etc cetera, and that they would be in contact for the negotiation of a contract um, and then I, I think it was within a week, you know, that, that scout came, I was, I was pitching, it was Legion ball. I think it was that summer and we were in Bloomington I was pitching and then he watched me pitch. And then we kind of talked after the game and, uh, um, basically just kind of said, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and it was honored, but, uh, you know, Illinois was where I was going to go and it made it pretty simple overall. So did you, uh, that, that telegram and stuff, did you keep that as a, a keepsake? Uh, is that in your scrapbook or not? Yeah, I still have it, actually. It was one of those kind of cool things uh, just to have uh, as a keepsake memento, for sure. Now, was there anything at that point that they could have done to convince you to, to change your mind and, and sign professionally, uh, other than just like some, you know, exorbitant contract or, or not? Um, for me, no. I, it was, I could say, yeah, I, you kind of do your homework as best you can. I mean, we, don't have, we didn't have the information available that you can do today you know, from the standpoint of looking at statistics of the likelihood of actually making a, a lengthy career professionally at, at the major league level, where of course the money is really where it's at. 
Um, and you know, basically minor leaguers, I mean, you're making less than minimum wage. And so therefore your signing bonus, you got to live off of that, um, until you hopefully either make it or you decide this isn't going to work out and you didn't, you, then you kind of, you got to figure out what you're going to do the rest of your life. And so, you know, just talking, thinking through that process and, and aspects of things. And also, you know, if you go D1, you can be drafted again, of course, after your junior year. And so it was always an option in the future, assuming, you know, you continue to develop and stay healthy. Unfortunately for me, the healthy side of things was the ultimate challenge uh, on, on that aspect of things. But at the same time, it kind of reiterated the, the choice that I made to have the, the degree to fall back on long term um, to have a different pathway um, should the baseball path not work. It worked out, which obviously it didn't. So I'm wondering if the, the times have changed that much or just the, uh, the conditioning or, or what it is, because in the, in the story where I was reading about your, your player of the year, it said your first game of the season, you were throwing in the upper eighties. And so here there are 18 scouts there this year uh, from Muhammad Seymour, Blake Walters has been clocked between 96 and 99 in all of his starts. And um, you know, he, he again has had, well, I mean, at least 18 or 20 at all games. And I think one of his games, all 30 teams were there. So, I mean, what, what does that say in terms of, you know, here you were considered draftable in 1992, throwing in the upper 80s, or like you say, by the end of the season in the low 90s. And, and now, you know, 30 years later, people are high school kids are, are pushing 100 miles an hour. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, you, you look now and almost every guy in the majors is throwing low low 90s at the very least. And then most of them are mid 90s plus and just the overall development of, of strength training and mechanics and things. And, you know, we've just gotten some and also developing kids younger on. I mean, pitch counts weren't a thing uh, as much uh, focus, <laughs> even in high school. My that senior year, I ended up getting to win in all three regional games. I started the first one, win a complete game. Uh, the second game, I had to come in relief, and I think I threw three innings and ultimately got the, you know, we were tied or behind, I can't remember, we ended up getting the win, and then in the regional final, threw a no-hitter, and the other pitcher threw a one-hitter. It was probably one of the fastest seven-inning games ever played, honestly, and uh, um, and so anyhow, uh, it just wasn't, I mean, not that they didn't try to take care of you as best you could, but at the same time, I think there's a lot more stricter rules at IHSA level as well as Little League on up. Um, to help kids protect kids uh, on their arms and things as they grow. And, and so that way kind of help avoid injuries as they develop and other aspects of things. But it also, there's so much more specialization too. Um, I'm understanding, I, I think I heard through the grapevine that, you know, Blake was also a tremendous basketball player, but kind of for decided not to play basketball, but to get ready um, uh, to, you know, focus on baseball, which, you know, looking back at, you know, in some ways that I wish I might've done that, even though I had a great basketball experience and, and we had a great team and great, all those things, but selfishly, probably that would have been the better move on for my, for me and my path ultimately. But uh, to that point, uh, I think it's just uh, such more of a specialized focus and things like that for opportunities uh, for the kids, which is great. So at this point now, at the high school level, they have a pitch count. I believe it's 105 in the regular season, 115 in the postseason. Do you remember back? I mean, what what kind of pitch counts were you getting? Were, were coaches even keeping track at that time when you were in school? I mean, yeah, they would chart. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, you know, to throw 130 pitches, uh, if you're going extra innings or something like that, it, it's – it was just one of those things. It wasn't as, uh, and then also, you know, coming back a day or two later and throwing again uh, in relief. And and so to that point, uh, yeah, it's definitely a positive thing, I think, for all aspects to have a little bit more focus on protecting kids' arms and all those aspects of things. And, and once again, it's not, 
I don't blame anybody, uh, you know, through my development of things. It's just, I, I was a competitor and I knew when I was on the mound that uh, we had a good chance of winning and I wanted to win. And so it was, it's probably more my fault than anybody's quite honestly. <laughs> so if you would talk a little bit about playing for, for Mike Scholes, he was a, a former U of I pitcher and yeah. then played in the, in the Eastern Illinois baseball league. And, and if I remember correctly, was picked as the top right-handed pitcher um, of, of all time when that uh, all-time EI team came out. So uh, obviously a pitcher with a lot of credentials. What, what was it like to play for somebody like Mike? Yeah, Coach Schultz was awesome. He was just a great uh, mentor, and and he was actually very helpful in, in my development um, on a, um, just all aspects, you know, the mental side as well as the, you know, just overall development as a pitcher. And so I was, you know, we were very, very lucky to have Coach Schultz. And, you know, not only myself, but Brad Wagers, who was a tremendous pitcher, who went to Parkland then Illinois. We were together at Illinois, and he was drafted also, I think, by Baltimore out of Parkland. Um, and then Dave Seifert uh, played at Illinois with us, and he's actually a scout now. He's been pretty high up in several uh, organizations. Um, and so we've had a pretty good growth, uh, uh, individual players that he helped develop. And I think it's then kind of really built upon that foundation of success. And then, you know, just now moving forward, all the different players through the last 20, 30 years who've, you know, found a lot of success. And yeah, I think, you know, most recently, uh, Brooks Ketsey, who's uh, at Notre Dame. Um, and, and of course, Brooks, um, you know, his path is yet to be determined. Obviously, Arizona is, a, is an option, but, you know, should he uh, decide to go the professional route, you know, as long as he stays healthy and continues to develop, uh, he's got a bright future. Well, it was fun watching him in the College World Series last year, too. I don't know if you caught any of those games, but that was uh, that was great. Yeah, it was pretty neat to see a Muhammad kid uh, have success at that level. And uh, um, yeah, and I had a chance, to, I didn't ever chance to meet Brooks, but I met his father when my brother was a, a a coach at basketball coach at Muhammad and just seemed like a great family. And uh, just so to see that success, um, you know, for, for kids um, from our hometown is, is pretty neat to see. When, you know, in talking about some of the, the top Muhammad players from there in the early nineties, we probably would be remiss if we didn't mention Troy Pruitt because the year before you were the news Gazette player of the year, when you were a junior, uh, Troy Pruitt from Muhammad was the player of the year on the, on the news Gazette team. And, and actually back then that was uh, the Troy's year was just the second year for picking a baseball all area team. And your year was the third year. And I remember I was the one of the ones involved in that. And, and we'd done, you know, football and basketball for, for literally for decades. And, and these other sports just were not getting it. And, and one of the, the comments was, well, you know, if we start doing this for, for baseball and softball, we're going to have to do this for all the other sports. And I said, yeah. And so, you know, finally I got everybody convinced and everybody on board. And, and I think 1989 or maybe it was 1990 was the, the first year. And, and we just kind of unveiled those. And it was certainly nothing like it is now. I mean, it was just kind of a, a simple one page uh, feature. In fact, I think if I remember right, those first couple of years, baseball and softball each took up half a page. Uh, and, and, and now you look at the all area teams and, and, you know, baseball will be in and have about two or three pages and softball the next week and same thing. But uh, talk a little bit about Troy, because obviously he was a teammate uh, for a year, too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Troy and I both, you know, born and raised in Muhammad and Troy being a year older. I remember our Little League championship, Troy's last year, my, you know, second to last year, I was a year younger, of course, and uh, battling for the championship. And actually, Troy won that game. And uh, so, you know, he was always a tremendous Tremendous athlete all the way across the board, baseball, football, basketball, and heck, he might still have some records at the junior high level if I, uh, if I remember right. And so, uh, but uh, he ended up being uh, a pitcher, but he was really, I think his best position was a catcher. So he was, uh, you, know, you know, we were the battery uh, uh, for, you know, 
freshman, sophomore, junior year um, for me. And uh, I think, you know, Troy obviously went to Parkland um, after that. And uh, I'm not sure if, you know, if he had options after that, but uh, but just a great guy. And he was another great athlete. And, you know, we had uh, so many great players, you know, those years. I mean, my you know best friend growing up, Gail Clark, our shortstop, Lucas Potter, great friend of mine, our second baseman. Uh, they both played at, uh, at JUCO level. Um, of course, we mentioned wagers. Um, and so I think I can't remember how many different guys played the, you know, college level, you know, whether Juco level or D1, um, just from those few years um, of my playing there. And of course, I think there's been continued success uh, moving forward, which is, you know, really nice to see. Well, another, and it might have been a little bit later than you, was Dave Bostian, too, was another one that, uh, that had a lot of success. He might have been younger than you, though. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it's not a name I, I'm familiar with, but uh, but yeah, I think there's you know several guys. One um, uh, the um, one went to Purdue. I think another kid went to Seton Hall um, and uh, Illinois State. I think there's some guys later on have have gone there, and so there's you know there's I think there's been you know all aspects of things. I think baseball is probably underappreciated in the in Central Illinois as a whole. There's been just a a, a depth of a lot of talent through the years um, across the board, you know, not only in our area in East central Illinois, but going West to Peoria, um, Chatham Glenwood area. Um, I mean, from, you know, we got Jason Worth who won a world series with the Phillies, uh, Joe Girardi's from Peoria, of course, you know, uh, but the Cubs is a catcher, but then of course Yankees manager and uh, you go on and on um, from just that, you know, compared to basketball that seems to get a lot more press, in Illinois, but actually baseball's probably produced more uh, high-level professional athletes than you know, basketball or football as a whole. Well, no doubt. I mean, and if you just look at that Lincoln-Springfield area, I mean, you had Kevin Seitzer from, from Lincoln, uh, Roger Erickson from Springfield had a long career as well. So, uh, yeah, any, any number of people uh, over there. So did you ever find out, how, how did the scouts find out about you? Because, I mean, baseball at that time was basically legion in the summer in high school. There wasn't the, the travel teams and so on and so forth. So how, how did they find out about a, a pitcher from Muhammad, Illinois? <laughs> Yeah, I think initially it was probably through Coach Scholes and his connections. Um, that's when Brownie, I remember seeing my freshman year, he would come out and watch. Um, but then I can't remember how it came about. I would go to Illinois camp every year. And so I would get you know exposure um, through that. But uh, somehow I got invited to what's called a five-star camp. And I don't even know if they still exist now, but uh, it was basically up in the Chicago area. And so they would do, you know, kind of almost treat it like a, a combine, if you will. And then there was a scrimmage, uh, but for baseball. And, and so to that point, I think, you know, at that point hitting the gun as a lefty, that's the other thing as a left-handed pitcher, you're going to have a lot more looks than a righty. And so, you know, when you're hitting, you know, a little bit faster speeds and, and whatnot, you're going to get some attention um, no matter where you're from. And, and so that kind of really, I think really increased the level of uh, interest, you know, especially collegiately, I was getting letters from across the country after that, um, experience and so uh to that point i think that probably further expounded from the professional level well let's just kind of follow through so you, you didn't sign after seattle drafted you went to the university of illinois and I, I guess the best way to say is just really an up and down career there talk, talk a little bit about some of the highs and then of course some of the the lows primarily uh due to the the interest you had to deal with yeah and, and yeah so freshman year um kind of started the season out of, out of the bullpen um, and actually had some good, good uh, first game of the, uh, that I played in. It was University of Hawaii Hilo and uh, came in relief. And I think I threw two or three innings uh, of uh, no, no runs scored and uh, got the win. Uh, we came from behind on that game and won. And then I think it was Indiana pitched well. And then 
got to the point where I got my first start against Creighton. And that was the first time that, you know, I really like got hit to the point where like, whoa, this is kind of a new experience. And, and that's when you really learn, you know, the higher up you go, it's more mental than it is physical because everybody has a physical ability, you know, assuming they're healthy and assuming they have, you know, their stuff that day, you can compete. But if you're mentally not there, you're not going to, you're not going to have success. And so that was the kind of the biggest experience after your freshman year was that you kind of get knocked to the mat and it's like, okay, you come back your sophomore year. It's like, okay, so I've experienced that. Now I got it. You know, now it's my turn to kind of go through that process with a little more confidence. And the ultimately came through uh, with basically becoming at mid season, our number one starter at that point. And uh, probably the thing that really gave me the most confidence, we were at Ohio state and Ohio state um, ultimately was, I think 26 and two in the big 10 that year. And one of the ones I, I got the win um, against them. And, uh, and I think I was the only one that won at their place. And I think they finished this season like ninth in the country and, and just had a really tremendous year. They were loaded with talent and, so that's a point where I knew I could compete, you know, with anybody. And, and then at the end of the season, uh, we were at a point where I think we were battling Michigan for the fourth spot in the Big Ten to get in the tournament. Because only then the only top four teams made it. And uh, through a complete game, we won four to one. And uh, at that point, my arm was really starting to bother me. I mean, it had been bothering me a lot of this season, but I was able to fight through it. And ultimately, it was found out my ulnar nerve uh, had to have surgery on it. So right after that, Michigan game got the win. And we unfortunately lost the next game. So therefore, Michigan made the tournament. And we didn't. So our season was done at that point. Um, had the surgery that next week and uh, rehabbed all summer. Came back actually stronger. I was throwing really well uh, the junior year start in the fall. But then come springtime, I was starting to have issues again. We were at Texas A&M. Started losing feeling in my ring finger and the pinky finger and my throwing arm and come to find out the surgery was something wasn't quite done uh, right. And so I had to have it redone. And, and so therefore that ended my junior year early and had the surgery again, rehabbed all summer and came back and once again, you know, battled through it. And senior senior year, I, I was I think it was four and one and really, really pitching well. And ironically, it was, I think it was against Michigan State. Um I think a complete game and I think it might have been a 4-0 game or something like that. And it was really feeling good. But right after that game, it was really starting to bother my shoulder and had pitched a couple more games and come to find out of they the my rotator cuff, they, they were trying to give me different uh injections to try to help it. And it was wasn't uh, reacting positively to the uh to the injection. So ultimately um it was gonna have well you can either have surgery or you know whatever you want to do at that point and I'm like well I'm gonna graduate pretty soon I'm pretty much freaking on damaged goods uh from the scouts perspective having two elbow surgeries and if I'm gonna need a shoulder surgery in the long recovery and at that point I you know was uh you know had a great experience and in, in career overall and I had a lot of uh just, you know, just great memories from it. But, you know, there's always a time in life where you got to hang it up no matter how far you go. And it's usually due, especially pitchers, it's injuries that ultimately, you know, force you to to uh, kind of decide it's no longer time to play. And so anyhow, so that's that's when we decided to hang it up. So you were not drafted again out of college. As you as you look back, you know, knowing, you know, at the end of your college career, how things went, did you have any regrets? Did you kind of think, gosh, maybe I should have signed and given it a try? Or, or do you still feel like, you, you know, despite everything you had to go through, that you made the right choice? No, actually, it, it further reiterated the choice that I made that was the right choice because at the end of the day, you know, it paid for my school and I have my degree that has allowed me to have a great career um, that I've had. And, 
you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you're going to make millions of dollars. Well, at the end of the day, and you know, only the top two rounds now, I think are in that, you know, seven figure signing bonus area. And you think about that, that puts you in the top tax bracket. So, you know, almost half of that's going to be taken by taxes. Your scout, your, your, your agent's going to take four or 5% cut off of that. So then, okay, you got, let's say you signed for a million dollars, you got 450,000, whatever it is in your bank account. Well, in the minors, you're, you know, a ball, I think you're making $15,000 a year. And, you know, so to that point, you're, you're not making any money and you're, you're on these long bus rides and you're doing all these things. And, um, you know, and so most of these guys, you know, you know, obviously if you make it up and you make it the big leagues, yeah, then of course, then it more than pays for itself and, and, and then some, but, but to that point, it's, a, it's a tough life. And, um, you know, it's you're all based off your performance, ultimately, if you're going to have a fruitful career and, you know, avoiding injuries, but also, you know, position players, you imagine being with the Yankees organization in the, that time period and being behind Jeter for 20 years, and you're never going to make it up unless you uh, find another position or you hope you get traded. So there's a lot of lucking involved with that and other aspects of things. And uh, to that point, um, you know, most of if you stay healthy, you're going to give it probably five to seven years, perhaps to give it your you know best to know whether you're going to get released or, or you're just not going to make it up. And, you know, so imagine trying to start college at 26 or seven years old is a pretty tough thing to do. And, and so to that point, it's, it's, it's that kind of pathway. You kind of have to decide whether you're going to go all in and try to make it work. And obviously for the guys that do make it, it's, it's a tremendous uh, amount of money and you're set for life, hopefully. And uh, for those guys, you know, it's the best decision you can make, but so many more of the stories you don't know about are those who don't make it. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit different, you know, life after that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the Big Ten has always uh, produced a lot of great baseball players. Who, who are some of the ones that uh, you had the chance to pitch against that uh, you later were watching on TV in the major leagues? Yeah, you know, we, you know, it, being in Illinois, especially under itch, um, you know, we got, we played Miami every year, uh, South Carolina. I mean, a lot of the SEC schools, we, like I said, we were in Hawaii, we were playing a tournament, Texas A&M, we played Alabama. And so we played a pretty robust schedule and a lot of different players through the years who, Made, you know, like, um, gosh, Charles Johnson, the catcher from Miami, uh, Alex Cora was their shortstop, uh, um, Pat Burrell was their third baseman. I mean, they were a pretty loaded team. And, uh, but for the Big Ten, gosh, there's a, I mean, obviously on our own team, Scott Spezio had a great career um, in the big leagues. Uh, several of our guys on our team, you know, made it to AAA, just didn't quite get over the hump um, on that end. But I'm just trying to think of all the different players who, and some, some of the guys you were really surprised ultimately made it. I think the Michigan team that, you know, I mentioned beat four to one. I think they had four or five guys that ultimately made it the big leagues. Um, and Brian Simmons, I think was with the White Sox. And uh, uh, so anyhow, it's just one of those funny things too. Like some guys, you, you, you obviously are kind of, you see him like a Pat Burrell, like, wow, that that's, you know, that's an unbelievable talent. And then certain guys that you just were like, wow, I can't believe they end up not only making it, but had a lengthy career. I mean, I, I, I thought Josh Klimek, our shortstop was, you know, tremendously better than Alex Cora was at Miami as a shortstop. Um, and then you know, obviously Alex had a tremendous career, uh, you know, not only as a player, but also now as a manager. And uh, so to that point, it's just one of those tricky things where, you know, some guy, it just sometimes the luck of the draw. And sometimes it's you continue to develop and get better and, and uh, make it all work out. So that's the, that's the unknown part of, you know, of things. How, how much do you follow baseball now? 
Um, since, you know, nowadays, not as much. Our kids are now college age. And uh, obviously, we lived in California and Utah during those time of the, them growing up. And, uh, you know, California, you know, was a tremendous experience on the baseball side. And and uh, we, we lived in the San Francisco Bay Area and played on travel teams. And we go to L.A. and all sorts of places. It was a great experience. And so a little bit more engaged on that front. But uh, then once we went to Utah, it was a little bit different experience. And obviously, not as but we had a triple a team in salt lake but not the major league level and so yeah we watched a little bit but not as much as uh, i did as a kid growing up that's for sure so you grew up an illini fan um you had mentioned earlier you got uh, letters from coaches all throughout the country did you ever seriously consider going anywhere besides the u of i or, or not um i did take a visit to illinois state um i can't the coach um jeff stewart um he was like he actually saw me we were playing uh, Legion ball that summer and I was playing outfield and he saw me throwing and, and he's like, do you pitch? And I was like, yeah. And so anyhow, he started following me after that. And, and he was my first offer before, you know, Illinois came in shortly thereafter, but, um, um, but he actually, his son ended up being a big leaguer with uh, the Dodgers. Uh, it was a pitcher, Blake um, Brock Stewart, but anyhow, um, but then uh, some of uh, Augie Grito staff, they had started recruiting me pretty early on when they were, you know, at Illinois at the time. Uh, and so Jody Robinson was the head coach at Loyola Marymount in the LA area. So they, he was recruiting me and, you know, letters from Duke, Carolina, a lot of almost all the big 10 schools, I got letters, but I didn't really pursue those as uh, uh, really options at that point. I think for me, it was being that East central Illinois kid that, you know, didn't think about, you know, the overarching thing. It was like, this is where I want to be. And if the right offer comes together, then this is where I'm going to go. And that's how it worked out. This is off the subject of baseball, but uh, I understand that in January of 1979, you and I were at the exact same place on the exact same night, and that was when Illinois basketball, men's basketball, was playing Michigan State University, ranked number one in the nation, and Eddie Johnson hit a little baseline jumper, and uh, the Illini won, and I was there covering the game for Bloomington Panagraph, and you were there as a fan, so <laughs> talk yeah. about that. I bet you have great memories of that, don't you? Yeah, it was in kindergarten, if I remember right. And uh, just that experience. Uh, yeah, that's actually, I think, what solidified my uh, pathway of being an Illini fan. It was such a tremendous uh, game and experience and um, and whatnot. And, you know, and of course, followed everything closely uh, throughout the years and, you know, attended all sorts of, you know, Illinois events. And so, for, yeah, that's why it was such a no-brainer for me uh, growing up in the shadows of Champaign-Urbana and, and you know, those, those people were all my heroes growing up and to, to be able to be one ultimately uh, was a kind of a life, lifelong dream. Well, you know, besides Eddie hitting the, the game winning shot, the other thing I remember was there was so much national media that wanted credentials for that game that the, the regular media, they kicked us out of the press box. And so our, my seat from the pantograph was the very top row of C. And the reason it was so bad is when the game ended, they hadn't made any allowances for getting the, the media people there down to the press room. So all the fans are piling out and they're trying to leave. And by the time I got down to the, the interview room, I mean, it was about maybe half over. It was at least a third over for sure. And maybe half over. And it was just frustrating because, you know, you, you, and then you ask a question, somebody will say, that's already been asked. And, well, okay, sorry, but uh, I wasn't here. I couldn't get here. And so that, that was the memory that I have of it is uh, I wish they would have had, uh, you know, some way to have maybe had us in a special section to, to get us down quicker or had an usher to help or something. But uh, I'm sure that was a new experience for Illinois at the time, too, to, to have that much national interest in the program. So that uh, <laughs> that was as well. 
<laughs> yeah, because yeah, my under, you know, obviously it was pretty young then, but you know, it seemed like you know, Illinois had some basketball, you know, had some struggles, uh, you know, a few years prior to that until you know, uh, Coach Henson came along and, and really built the program as, and to to the heights that they they made it to, and so uh, so yeah, a lot of great memories there for sure. We've been talking today with Jeff Martin, a Muhammad Seymour graduate, an outstanding pitcher for the Bulldogs uh, in the in the early '90s. Went on a great career at the U of I as well. Uh, now the Senior Director of Development in Agriculture and Natural Resources for Michigan State University. Before I let you go, Jeff, anything else you would like to add today? No, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure uh, catching up and visiting with you and uh, wish my best to everybody in, in the Muhammad area in East Central Illinois and uh, to, to Blake. And I hope uh, he continues to do great things and breaks all kinds of records and uh, has a really difficult choice to make, whether he you know, wants to go to Arizona or, or go the professional route. It's uh, it's uh, really exciting to, to hear about that. So I wish him the very best. Yeah, well, I think either option is going to be good. So it, uh, we'll just wait and, and, and see what develops. So, well, Jeff, thank you very much for your time. Sure enjoyed it. Appreciate thank it. Thank you, Fred. Take care. Bye.